Hola mi gente, welcome back to the Christy Osorio show. As always, I'm always excited to like be here and to be able to share you the message or like have a guest speaker. Um, and today I'm actually excited to be able to share with you a guest speaker who I have gotten to know within within this year, like during COVID, actually found her through a Facebook group. And because of her, um, my book is now been translated into Spanish. Um, thankfully, you know, I was able to find someone to help me translate my book into Spanish. And, you know, she has helped me make that transition, right? And now my book is now available in two versions, in English and Spanish. And, um, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to have it into Spanish is so that I wanted to have my book in both languages, honestly, is so that my, you know, the community, right, the Hispanic community, the Latinos, um, are able to have the book in both languages and is available for everyone, right, who are um, English and who are English speakers and Spanish speakers. And growing up, you know, I spoke both languages. And, um, and even though English is my first language and, you know, um, they, I just wanted that availability to my community to have it and to have the book in Spanish because my family, again, is from Honduras. Spanish is their first language. And also, I just felt like it was just important for me to have my book in both languages. Now, this speaker, um, this guest speaker who I had, her name is Natalia, and she is now an author. Um, she has her brand new book that's coming out. It's called Kai, um, the missionary, Kai, the missionary sea turtle. And I am like so excited for her to have, to have this book out. And her book is now, of it will be available in both English and in Spanish. Um, and I'm just so excited for Natalia, honestly, for being able to translate my book, but being able to translate so many books. And she's going to talk about the importance of knowing a second language. And she's going to talk about why she decided to go into the field of being a translator and the importance behind it. And I just really think it's important, um, you know, as again, it's stories, right? And I really think I love it when people get to share their stories and get to share a little bit of background of who they are and what made them get into the field that they're in right now. And Natalia talks about that. Natalia gets into the, um, you know, her story on um, what was important for her as a mother. You know, she's a mother of two and she's a Latina. Um, and, you know, the importance of knowing just more than one language. Um, so, yeah. So, um, a little background about Natalia, right? Um, Natalia is a McNair Fellow alumni and Spanish translator and interpreter. She holds a master's and bachelor's degree in Spanish and Latin American literature from the Un University of Central Florida in Orlando. Natalia currently lives in Orlando with her husband, Joseph, and two children. She enjoys traveling, spending time with family, and serving the Lord. She also runs a bilingual lifestyle blog where she shares her bilingual family adventures book reviews and bilingual resources so 
I can't wait until you get to know a little bit about Natalia, get to know her blog, get to know why she started, what she started, um, and where she's heading. And also, you know, please go and support Natalia. You know, she's uh, now a, an she's now an author um, with her new book. Um, I will be posting all that information in the show notes for you. But um, I'm really happy to have Natalia share her story about growing up bilingual um, and also raising a bilingual family, right? And the importance behind on on knowing more than one language and what is important to her and what is it that she wants her community to know as well as what the work she wants the world to know so let's take it away with natalia and thank you so much everyone for listening i am so excited today i get to have a special guest and later on in this episode you will see you will get an understanding of how i met natalia but first um i want to introduce natalia natalia thank you so much for being here thank you so much for being a guest speaker in my podcast and sharing your story with my community. Um, so yes, if you could just share with the community who you are, what you do, and what made you get started in doing the work that you do. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. I'm so excited. So I'm Natalia and I'm from Puerto Rico. I lived in Florida for over 20 years and I'm a mom of two, two kids, and I'm raising them to be bilingual. I started doing translations because I studied Spanish. I actually went to school for like nine years. <laughs> I got a master's and a bachelor's in Spanish, and I really love Spanish literature. And I went, ended up having a certificate in translating and interpreting, so I went that route. And, uh, and I, I just started doing translations, uh, whatever medical translations, there were different uh, educational translations and business, but um, which ever since I had my children, I started reading books to them, and I ended up, you know, getting in the business of the books, of the children's books. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Now, when, okay, so, like, you grew up, you said you grew up in Puerto Rico, or did you grow up here in Florida? I was in Puerto Rico until I was 12, like, I was turning 12, and I, and I moved here to Orlando, Florida. Yeah, awesome. So, kind of half and half, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> And um, what, because I know when, all right, so like I'm bilingual too, but I'll be honest, like my Spanish is all over the place, um, right? <laughs> How important it was for you to teach your children um, like bilingual and to understand that Spanish language. And now, like, well, first answer that question before we go to the next one. <laughs> well, first of all, for me, you know, I studied Spanish um, and I have a master's, so obviously it would be very, very embarrassing if I don't teach my children Spanish. So that's one thing. But the second is that I, I really love being uh, for, my, for myself. Like, I love being able to be part of my family, to understand what's happening in our traditions. And I never wanted my children to feel left out. Mm. Um, I wanted my children to be able to to feel that they're, they belong, you know? And, and I see a lot of cases that, you know, sometimes they feel left out because they don't understand. And I didn't want that to happen to my kids. And I, I just think it's beautiful. And yeah. from even from a, from a Christian perspective, or, you know, I just even, I feel like it's good to be able to share your faith with others in another language or being able to help. Um, even thinking about mission trips or anything like that, that, or travel, studying abroad. I think about all these opportunities that my children can have. And I wanted to be able to do it into the languages. If you know, if, if that would help them, you know, the more languages, the better. <laughs> and, I, and I think nowadays it's just so important to know more than to like mo know more than one language, right? Because yes, mm -hmm. we know English. Obviously, we live here, but it's also great to also have 
that second language to like you know to help those who can't understand the english language yeah. <laughs> and you get it right and i know so many of my latinos especially the ones that are listening they are bilingual right and they are right. and they're able to help those who are in need who need that extra help when it comes to that second language that they mm-hmm. don't understand yes right? that's yes i completely agree yeah so um take us back also to not to get take us back in the sense of what i know you started work you do um books translation right so you guys i'm definitely gonna be really here um i found natalia through facebook this is the power of like social media right. <laughs> and i if for those that know i wrote a book rosalia the Honduran american and i wanted someone to translate my book and actually, um, I remember doing, um, in the, in a Facebook group that were part of the children's author's book, um, mm-hmm. something so it's that, what that's that, that way. Um, I Google translation and people, so many people were re- recommending you. And I was like, okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. look this girl up and I'm going to see like, how can she help me? And I immediately <laughs> reached out to Natalia and I was like, Hey, I need this done. Like, I don't know what it, I, <laughs> I need it done. And, um, Natalia was, is the one who helped translate it, Rosalia, the Hunter in America. So I do appreciate that. Like you took the time an honor. <laughs> and, um, and was able to translate it. Now, did you like, what made you to focus on translation in terms of books? Like what made you get into that field? Like, how did that become, like, how did it, how did I even get started? <laughs> well, I like I, like I mentioned before, I I used to go to a lot of um, story times at the library, and I checked out books for my kids. I did a lot of story time with them, and I ended up I, I found uh, a bilingual book. It was actually from Little Libros, actually. That mm-hmm. uh, it was um, with Frida and like all this little collection. I was like, oh, I love that little collection. I, you know, I can do this, and I and also inspired me to you know write books later on too. Like I I felt like this is something that I can do, and and also. I just I saw that there was um, there the bilingual resources are scarce like there's not that many and I feel like it, especially now that I'm uh, raising my children bilingual I feel like there need to be more resources out there and I have a lot of I have a bilingual blog um, and a lot of parents ask me hey do you know any bilingual resources and it's a constant like or do you know do you have any Spanish resources and I just felt like you know what I need to do something about this and. I, it started with one author, um, Kevin Horrock, and it's for the, the don- uh, Daniel the, and the Donkey Factor. Okay. It was a Christian book, and he was, um, I, I just happened to message him, and uh, I think it was like a giveaway he was doing, and I just, I, I love the book. I was like, wow, this is such a beautiful book, and everything was, hey, by the way, I'm a translator. Um, um, I try, you know, have a, a master's in Spanish and I have a certificate and everything. And then, uh, if you ever need your book translated, let me know. And so ever since he said, "Oh, let's do it," and he was so good about it, like so fast, like okay. And I was like, "Lord, if this is, you know, the the, the area, the path you want me to go in, I, you know, I will do this. Like, you know, it will be an honor." And ever since, I'm telling you, I just took off after that book, and oh. I loved it. It was actually my one of my favorite my favorite Christian book, honestly. Yeah. Like. It just like went from there and I started talking to more authors already, um, made so many connections and yeah, I've yeah. translator over 20, like I think for now and then wow. somewhere in the process of being published and so excited. Yeah, <laughs> like that is awesome. Like that's literally like a leap of faith that you took and like also 
just even asking, because I think that's something that so many people um, are scared to do. Like, I know I get scared to myself as an entrepreneur, right? Like, I'm like, hold on, I'm going to ask this person. But sometimes it's just because you saw a need for it, right? And you're Mm -hmm. like, like, why not? And I think, not that I think, I know there is like a need for more Spanish books. Like, you know what I mean? I wish... I'll be honest, like, I wish growing up, I would have been introduced to more Spanish books. But I think because my parents, like, probably didn't know. Mm-hmm. We went to school library, so my mom was trying to instill English in us because, again, she comes from Honduras. Right. Um, and that's just, like, what you do when you, you know, you come to America, you're trying to learn the language, and you're trying to better it, and you're trying to teach the kids. Yes, I do know language, be- Spanish, because my family speaks it. But um, there was there is a lack of Spanish books for children um, in like entirely, you know what I mean? And you are just taking it all in. And I'm like, I, I, it's like, I think that that's just, it just shows that like when you see something that when there is a lack that it's possible for you to create something out of it. Yeah. And something else that I noticed was like a lot of the Spanish books that I kept seeing had so many errors, so many mistakes. And then I'm like, that's not correct. And how am I going to teach my children Spanish if the book is not correct? So that, that also, you know, kind of gave me a little push. Like, okay, I need to do this right. <laughs> really? Wow, that's interesting. That I would never have thought. I mean, because everyone... Now, okay, so I think we should get into the whole difference of Spanish. And I think that's really important, mm-hmm. right? I, yes. I'd love to talk about that. Because even when I even when I reached out to you and I said, Hey, Natalia, like <laughs> that's true. what I'm looking for. Right. And I even said to you, I'm like, um, I know there's different types of Spanish. There's the whole, the Spaniard, the, you know, which Hondurans do speak like the voice and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. but then there's that regular Spanish, right? Like, okay. <laughs> I don't know how to identify it, but like, how can like, can you explain the difference in both? That way people have an understanding that there is a difference in terms of different Spanish with different cultures. And can you explain that a little bit? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, when it comes to translations, I, I try to be very careful because it's different dialects. I mean, I'm from Puerto Rico and I speak a little bit different, you know, from South America or Central America or, you know, or even the Spanish here in the United States um, and also from Spain. So there's different dialects. Um, and I feel like it's very important to know, um, how to, to be careful in how, which Spanish you choose because certain words can be offensive to others. So mm-hmm. I feel like the Latin American Spanish is a bit more in the standard. The Caribbean Latin American is more standard Spanish. And um, in, in Spain, they speak that certain words that are just, uh, I, I love their, their language and everything, yeah. but sometimes yeah. they're, they would be a little harder to understand if we're not used to it. And since yeah. most of the authors, you know, like you, you are in the United States and you're probably going to be switching more towards Latin America and um, children or Caribbean, I felt like yeah. that yeah. would be the best. But yeah, it's, they change the words just a little bit. Um, and it's like certain words that you're not familiar with. So I try to, depending on where you want to market, if you want to market in Spain, we'll do it in that way. Yeah. If you're trying to market here in the United States, I try to be, with a standard Latin American Spanish. I try to like always say like the news yeah. <laughs> that while you using the news. Yeah. Now, is that <laughs> something that was taught while you were in school in terms of the difference of dialects? 
Because I'm sure oh. a Latina, you're like, hold on, like I'm Puerto Rican and I speak this right. way, but what do you mean all these dialects? Yeah, no. Um, for example, like I studied Peninsular Spanish, which means it's a Spanish from from Spain. I, I actually was into Don Quixote, La Mancha. That's like definitely very <laughs> Spanish from over there. But yeah. the thing is, you also have to realize that there's different parts of Span the Spain that speak different kinds of Spanish. So you know, there's like Castellano Spanish, but then you know, there's also um, other um, other kinds of Spanish that they're, they're it's not the same Spanish throughout a whole Spain. Yeah. You know, they have other influences from other um, dialects and other languages, so it's not always the same. Um, with Puerto Rico, there's in the dialects. There's also slang, you know, and you also have the Spanish and English. In Puerto Rico, we use a lot of the English. And sometimes you just make up new words. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's a little hard altogether. But I feel like the most, for me, I just want, I want things to be correct. You know, I want things to be understandable and correct. And I also have to be careful. First, I want, I want things to be correct in translations. Um, and that will be understandable. And second, I want things to be, um, happen, they're not offensive. Because there's certain words that could be offensive in Mexico that could be okay in Puerto Rico, but there's also words that could be like Dominican Republic, <laughs> even in the same Caribbean, that would be offensive in Puerto Rico. So I try to be careful with the words that are used, or the vocabulary that you're teaching children. So that way yeah. you're not, you know, offending someone and, or, you know, it, that can hurt your sales as well as, you know, as an author. Now I, I do, like something, a question came up while, while you're talking. Now, when you do your translation for your books, right? Do you look up different words and see how it, I mean, I'm sure you know how to, how to translate each, each word, but do you also look at different um, dialects in different countries and see how it's different? Like, you, you, do you get an understanding of what I mean? Like, do you look at a, like, let's say, let's just say yes. we're going to say plato. Yes. We're going to put the word plato out there. Do you also go to, like, Mexico's plato and look at what's that definition and look up, you know, I, I know you're not going to look at every country, but do you see what's the difference in the terms meaning of plato within the Spanish, the Spanish language to make sure it's just a standard word? Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Um, what I do. Yes. Yes. It definitely makes sense. Um, pretty much. I do like a preliminary, uh, definition of the word if, if it's something that's not as checked it's not i don't do it for every word but you know something especially when there's different themes in every book you know i i something's about schools and something's about um the politics or yeah. um, about certain animals that i need to get familiarized with every topic just to make sure so I look it up and i see what words are used the most and what and what countries use them and then i see I try to compare it, you know, hey, this one's used more in Argentina. Let me see what's used in Spain. Let me see what's being used more. So it, uh, this is used more often. This is not used that often. Or this is used in this part of the world. And this one. So that way I could compare it. And I also look at, uh, I research the words a lot. Um, even in images and pictures, I, I, I have a, group, a team of editors and um, group readers that also consult. I'm also another group of uh, translators on Facebook, which I'm like, you know what, this word, I cannot figure this out. Can yeah. you guys help me? And parts of the entire world. And we have like 20, 30 comments on just one word. <laughs> we're all giving our input. And we're as a team to help each other because of, of, overall, we want to be able to contribute to the world. We want to make sure things are translated correctly. Yeah. So, 
you know, I, I try to use all my resources yeah. <laughs> to make sure it's correct. Yeah, I think people don't realize that because, I mean, I mean, we know what the work takes, but we also don't see the back end that sometimes even as you as a translator or me as a coach, like we still need that extra help to get a certain understanding. You know what I mean? Um, um, now, the other question that I do want to ask when, okay, so like when, when you go into your whole writing process, right, are these, are most the people that already want to do a translation, um, did they already publish a book or, and they do want to do a translation or people that are in the process? But like, what is like your clientele most of the time when it comes to this? To translating books, most of the clientele already have they already have published the books, um, mm -hmm. so they've already seen that hey, the book is selling, the the book is doing well, or they have people asking them for a Spanish version. Mm. But I had all all the above. In other words, I had people that are in the process of, um, of writing their book. Um, I have or they're not even in the process yet. They're just having their copy in their computer, and then they're gonna jump on it and like publish all of them in English and Spanish version all at once. So I have a little bit of everything. Um, but the most of the authors that have, that have contacted me, um, they already have the books published. Mm -hmm. And they just show me the English version and I go from there and I, and I translate it for them. Like you. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you, as a, as, a, as a translator yourself, do you see a lot of Latinos um, writing their books like getting their books out there in terms of Spanish? Like, do you, are you seeing that or do, or do you Sometimes feel like I they're, hear. they're yeah. Oh, you couldn't hear? Can you know? Sorry. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Cool. When yeah. it comes to, um, Latinos that are writing books, right. Mm -hmm. Um, are you seeing more Latinos, right? Like putting more of the culture stuff out there to show the community, like, do or do you still see a lack of Spanish books currently right now? And you're like, we need to like step up our game. I know that's a personal, that's a an opinion, but you know, I think it'll be it's great to know from like your perspective. Right. Um, for some of the recently, I've seen a lot of people having you know they actually stepping up their game and trying to bring more of the culture, um, being more having more diversified books um but when i started i didn't see that as much mm -hmm. um but now like in the past year like i've seen people like that having more bring bring more history bringing more uh, of their culture into their books so my next question is natalia um what is something that you would like to see more out there as someone who is a translator and someone who took the step in terms of wanting to translate books more in Spanish. Like, is there something like in terms of the children's books, like, is there something that you would like to see more out there for people either to share more of their stories? Um, Cause I think that's so important. Like people don't realize how important it is to write your story, right? Like people feel like they're not the perfect writers. Um, what is like some words of encouragement that you could give to those people that are looking into writing a book um and wanting to take that step um 
I really think that, you know, if you're passionate about something and you see a need, you know, if there's a, a, um, a topic in your life or a story that you feel like, you know, people need to listen, do it. I mean, I think um, this is the time. Right now is the best time. You have extra time in your hands. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like writing a book, you, you can impact someone. You know, sometimes you think, oh, my story is not that great. You never know. Like, obviously, one, one thing that I could say is that you don't think you don't do things alone. Even if you end up trying to self-publish, you need a team. You, you need, you know, uh, editors. You need family that support you. And you also need um, proofreaders and the designer and the illustrator. And then you also need better readers. And, the, you know, there's like a launch team. I mean, there's just so much that goes into it that you don't do it alone. And even if you thought like that little paragraph, you know, of a story wasn't that great, there is... Um, line editors and there is like a developmental editors there's people that would help you write the story out and make it to 500 words or more <laughs> no so. seriously there is and there's a lot of groups out there that are amazing and helping people become better writers mm -hmm. you know like i for me i felt like for my for my book i'm i'm, I'm going the process as an author right now to write a bilingual book and for me i I didn't have that much. I felt like it was more like a pamphlet in a way. It was just educational. And then I, I started working with a developmental editor and she just asked me questions. That's it. And then, you know, and then you just add it more. And then you, now we have a story. We have something going, you know. Um, so you don't have to be the most experienced writer. I mean, I, I was used to writing theses and articles and publishing papers in school, but never for like a children's book. So it's like a different, you know, um, it's a whole different area altogether, but right. But it's also helped that I've been able to be exposed to a lot of books, translating them, yeah, and seeing how you know your writers that you what you've done. Um, but what I could say is like if you do have a story, doesn't matter how short it is. I mean, you can definitely have something, you know, and and putting all your passion into it and getting the right team of people, you can get it done. And Especially when it's about your culture, your faith, something that, you know, you think is going to make an impact in this world. Yeah. The kids need it. Definitely. Kids Definitely. Need it. And the kids and the adults, because I think everyone yes. <laughs> something, right? And the thing is that, so, you know, I'm really happy that you said that in terms of like, if you want to like write something, just do it. And it does take a team. Like, I remember when I first started doing it, like for me, I, I, there's no author in my family. So I'm the first one. You understand what I mean? Yeah. So it's like you, like you took that leap of faith and asked, Hey, um, do you need a translator? Well, for me, it was, I'm just going to take a leap of faith and I'm just going to write the book. I don't know. I'm <laughs> going to do it. But I was like, I'm going to like do this book, but it does take a team. Like I had an editor. I had my, I had like big beta readers. I had um, my aunt that was also consistently helping me, my illustrator. And it's always great to surround myself with people within that community because mm -hmm. within the writing community, right? Because we're talking right. about writing. Mm -hmm. Because there's always someone out there that's going to challenge you a little bit more, mm -hmm. right? And um and telling you like well this could be more this like you could express mm -hmm. this a little bit more and it's like you like you know what i mean like you have your develop your 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 developer editor right i think that's what you said mm -hmm. and you know we need that challenge as writers to to expand and share our stories because we just there's so much that goes into it 
that I think people that like I think people don't realize the amount of work that mm-hmm. actually goes into it. It's not just we sit yeah. down and write a book and we sit down and we write, but then <laughs> it kind of gets broken down. <laughs> it takes time, you know what I mean? So you know, I'm really glad that you touched base on that because I know there's a lot of people that have been wanting to um, write a book, you know, and I've always told them, like, go ahead and do it. But I think it's also great to hear it in that other perspective, like you who is a translator and you're telling us, you know, that there's a need for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's so important because, like, I know my goal was when I wrote Rosalia, I was to see it in both English and Spanish. Like, that was my ultimate goal. I didn't know anyone who could translate it in Spanish in the beginning because what I wanted was to have both of them in the beginning but I was like oh you know what it's gonna come and sure enough that's how I found you but you know I know that there was a like it's a need so I was like this is there's a kid out there that can relate to my story and Mm -hmm. or an adult right but like Mm -hmm. I'm looking more at the kid so I'm like Mm -hmm. there's a kid out there that can relate to my story that cannot read English but can read Spanish Mm -hmm. and this is for them you know yes so you know and I'm sure you and I'm sure it's for you it's probably the same thing when it comes to writing and when it comes to even writing your own book right now yes you know you do it for Mm -hmm. your kids but you're like I know there's someone else out there (laughs) right no but I think is really important like even from your book like there is not that many diverse books you know and, and just to see a girl that looks like you you know wow that girl looks like me or you know i come from honduras too like you know from your book or i i come from the Latin, you know from Latin america the caribbean you don't see a lot of those books usually yeah. it's just more american or you know like yeah you don't, <laughs> so just to even see somebody that it, it looks like you it just makes you know a whole lot of sense like i could tell you i'm have curly hair freckles like, yeah when I looked at magazines when I was little, like they're all like straight hair, blonde, no spots on their face. And I'm like, I have so many on my face. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, you felt like, am I di- why am I so different? Yeah, <laughs> you well, know, so. And, I, and, and it's really no. good that you're touching base on this because I think like it goes with everything. And this is kind of why I wrote Rosalia. So mm-hmm. the whole purpose was because, yes, I know that there was a lack of Honduran books out there, but more mm-hmm. it was, I don't see a girl that looks like me in any of these books, you know, aside from Pocahontas, because I've been like, oh, yeah, you kind of like look at her, but obviously because it's the skin color and the long hair. Uh It's like, I don't see a book that identifies my culture or talks Uh about my culture. You know what I mean? Uh And as my children got older, again, my community know I'm a mom of three, but as my children got older, I started realizing how they were kind of going through the same thing when they talked about Honduras, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, people know where Dominican Republic is because they're half Dominican, but they they share, like, mom, no one knows where Honduras is. And I'm like, wow, like, mm-hmm. I went through that too. And mm-hmm. there is not a lot of enough diverse books out there for the community. So I was like, this, like, something has to give, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's the same thing. It's like, it's like you, like, in magazines, I didn't see anybody that looked like me. So I'm like, something's gotta give you know (laughs) like even with the work that I do now it's like you know there's not a lot of people that look like me so I need to like continue to stand up and show kids what is what is possible a Latina who speaks Mm -hmm. bilingual who can do it both you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I think more kids as they're getting older 
I think as an adult too, like it's so important for us to continue to show up and voice and show our children, the next generation mm-hmm. that, you know, what is possible for them. But like, you know, even if, if, if when you see something that's not there, like it's time for you to create that. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that's the leap that you did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, Natalia, um, before we close, like, is there any last minute things that you would like to share with the community? I'm really excited. I'm working on my first children's book. It's coming out this fall, 2020. So I'm excited about that. It's a bilingual children's book uh, about missions. Okay. And it has sea turtles, an ocean theme. It's called Kai, the missionary sea turtle. Kai, la tortuga tortuga marina misionera. And it's a book that teaches children about missions. Mm. And I, I feel like it's a, it's a topic that is really important because they're in, and that is bilingual because there are not that many there there are not that many bilingual resources out there. Yeah. Um, bilingual even bilingual Christian resources. And um, so I'm really excited about that. I so it's, it's the first time I get to you know publish a book. So yeah, yes! <laughs> happening. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> definitely when um we definitely will have to post that you know when when the time comes that way people know like where they can purchase your book and how they can yes. purchase it because again as a self-published author you definitely need you know we need to support everyone <laughs> you know what i mean thank you <laughs> it's so important um so for anyone that is like wants to know more about who you are and your work um what is the best way that they could get in contact with you if you don't mind sharing that of course if you'd like to get your book, their website, or any material educational resources um, translated, you can contact me at bilingualifestyle.com or you can go on um, Facebook or Instagram at bilingual lifestyle and there'll be my, my blog. You'll be able to message me and I will be able to help you out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Natalia. And you guys, you. A, rem- a reminder, I'm going to put all of Natalia's information in the show notes. Um, that way you can follow her. You can see her journey, see all the books that she has created. Um, and also her book will be coming out this fall. So I'm super excited about that. Thank you so much, <laughs> Natalia, for being here, for being a guest in my podcast and for sharing your story with my community. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to be here. <laughs> Thank you.